Did you guys have a blessed week? Yes. Ladies, did you have a good Women's Day? Yes. Did the, the men and other people in your life, children, spoil you, make you feel loved? I'm not convinced. Men, you're in trouble. Did you? Did he? <laughs> Ladies, you are special. You are loved. And because August is known as Women's Month, the ladies are taking over. <laughs> so this month, every Sunday this month, one of us are going to be bringing the word to you. And I pray that you'll be encouraged by every message in, in this month. It's not a series, but I think every message that the ladies are bringing are somehow tying in together, which means that the Lord wants to speak, which means... Open your ears, open your hearts, and be ready to receive. Amen. So last week, we heard some practical ways in which we can survive the ups and downs in life. Because it's no lie that life is not a straight path. It's not easygoing. So that message encouraged a lot of us. It spoke to a lot of us because it spoke to the reality that our lives experience difficult moments. But even in those low and dark times, we can have hope. Amen? And one of the points mentioned in last week's sermon actually laid the foundation for my message this morning. As I was listening to my mom elaborate on this one particular point, I kept thinking, please stop talking because you're just going to give away my entire message. And that point was, speak truth to yourself. And we heard, as she elaborated on that point, the importance of our words. And the thing is, our words are not only important because they can impact our own lives, but they can impact the lives of others as well. See, words are part of everyday life. You speak them, you hear them, you read them, you cannot get away from them. They are all around us. So if they are everywhere, maybe it's a good thing for us to consider their importance. A study has shown that the average person speaks about 16,000 words per day. That's not true for everyone. <laughs> Some speak much less, others speak much more. Another study has shown that we at least, okay, minimum, at least speak 7,000 a day. That seems a little bit more reasonable, right? Depending on who you are, depending on what your day-to-day -day life looks like. So maybe you're a really talkative person and you fall in that 16,000 word per day category. Or maybe you're on the quieter side and you're barely reaching 7,000. There's also the debate of who speaks more words, men or women? We're not going to go there. <laughs> so these studies are done on spoken words, but we cannot eliminate the fact that we have added to that total with our typed words. With all of our texting, with posting on social media and our commenting, or maybe what we're actually doing is replacing our spoken words with typed words. Either way, we use a fair amount of words per day. Just in presenting this message to you, I will use approximately 3,000. 
Could be more, could be less. So whatever amount of words you are using a day, that's not the point of this message. The number of words you speak is not what I want to focus on. What I want to focus on is how you are using them. See, it's not about the quantity of your words. It's about the quality of them. We need to think carefully about the words that come out of our mouths and the impact that they can have. We need to be sure that we speak life because your words have power. Growing up, I think we all learned this, this saying. So if you know it, say it with me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's a nice sentiment, but I don't think it's true. Can anyone here say that they have never been hurt by words? Words can hurt us. We try not to let words bother us, but they hurt us, especially when people that are close to us, that people we love say something hurtful, or when someone insults us, insults who we are. It hurts. So words might not break our bones, but they can break our hearts, they can break our confidence, and they can break our self-esteem. I think the more accurate saying is, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can break my spirit. And this wasn't just something clever I thought up of, something that sounds nice. It's based on scripture. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but a perverseness in it breaks the spirit. The message version says, kind words heal and help. Cutting words wound and maim. The Amplified, a soothing tongue, speaking words that build up and encourage, is a tree of life. But a perversive tongue, speaking words that overwhelm and depress, crushes the spirit. So a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but a perverseness in it breaks the spirit. There's two parts to this verse, a wholesome tongue and a perverseness in it. A wholesome tongue refers to words which bring healing, edification, encouragement, sound counsel. In other words, words which speak life. But a perverseness in it refers to words which are a distortion of truth. They are corrupted. They are false. They are hurtful and cutting. They cause deep wounds and they destroy. What we are reading here is that words can either build you up or they can crush your spirit. So yes, sticks and stones can break your bones. They can physically hurt us. But physical wounds tend to heal a lot faster than emotional and psychological wounds. Another issue we face is that we can see the physical wounds, but we cannot see the emotional and the psychological. If I do something to hurt you, I see the impact of my action immediately. I see the physical impact that I've had. But if I say something that hurts you, I might not realize it. I might never know how deeply I have hurt you and wounded you with my words. This is an even bigger problem in today's day and age with more interactions taking place screen to screen rather than face to face. Because I can send you a text 
that hurts you, but I won't know because I didn't see your reaction to it. On top of that, we also tend to hide when we've been hurt, correct? Or is that just me? Maybe because we were taught that words can never hurt us, so if words can never hurt me, then I shouldn't show that they did. It seems innocent and encouraging to teach kids this rhyme, to teach them to not be affected by what people say. And I want to be clear, to some extent this is true. There are words that you should not allow to affect you. Because if we're honest, if we look at the world today, they've taken it to the other extreme. I'm hurt and offended by everything. You say no to an invitation or to an idea and suddenly you're being offensive. So they've taken it to the other extreme where we are always hurt. That's not right. It's not right to always be hurt by everything and it's not right to say I'm never hurt by anything. So there are words that we can brush off, that we can let go of, that we can say those words will never hurt me and we can move forward, we can move, move past that without them hurting us. But doesn't mean all words will never hurt us, okay? So we should not be hurt by everything people say, but we cannot say that we are never hurt. See, if we take this rhyme as absolute truth, if we believe that words will never hurt me, then I believe my words have no power, which means I don't have to think about how I use them. I don't have to consider what my words might do to you if words don't have power. And if words can't hurt me, they can't hurt you, so you should not be offended by what I say. That's not a way to live, that's not, that's not true. So our words, it's a tricky thing how we use them because there has to be a balance. Don't be careless with your words, but don't be too sensitive by what other people say. Don't allow the words of others to consume you. This is difficult. This is not something that we can live out easily. And whether we want to admit it or not, whether we like it or not, words affect us. They have an impact on our lives. You can find the toughest looking person, someone who seems unbothered by anyone and anything. They don't care what, what is going on around them. And I guarantee that if you speak to them, that sometime, somewhere in their lives, someone said something that marked them, that hurt them, and maybe even wounded them on a deeper level than they realize. See, words have power. And the greatest example of this truth is found in the first chapter of the first book of the Bible. Scripture tells us that in the beginning, God created the world and he used words. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And as you continue reading the verses that follow, you see this pattern. God said, and there was. I find it interesting that God used words to create. He used the sound of his voice, and then he put that ability in you, in us. He gave us a voice, words to use. So we can influence the reality of our world and those around us with the power of our voices, with our words. 
So because we have so much power, I want to look at three categories of words which have an impact in our lives. The first two, you have absolute control over. So listen carefully, because these are two areas that you have control. But the third one, we don't have control over. The only thing we can control is how we react to it. Okay, so the first category is the words that we speak over ourselves. See, we need to realize, and we heard about this last week, the power of what we say about ourselves, the words that we speak over our lives, because you have the power to speak life or destruction over your life. You can create a miserable world for yourself in which you just feel sorry for yourself, you don't see your value, you're constantly berating and criticizing yourself, or you can create a world which is filled with life, where you are speaking God's promises over yourself, where you are acknowledging your own unique gifts, where you are speaking words of gratitude and speaking hope even in the difficulties you face. The words you speak over yourself influences your attitude towards your life. And how you speak about yourself also influences the people around you. Imagine two people. One is constantly complaining, complaining about their life, complaining about everything, while the other is speaking positively, and even in the challenges and hurts that they face, they are able to remain hopeful and speak God's truth. Who would you rather be around? The one speaking life, the one that's positive. I've been around both. I've been around people that whenever you ask how they are, there's always a problem. It's never going well. And you kind of feel the life drain out of you when you're around those people. But then I've been around people who even in the challenges, they have a positive outlook. Yes, things might be difficult and they might be struggling, but they don't stay in the complaining phase. They move on to speak hope and truth. And that is refreshing, it's life-giving. Being around those people boosts your own faith. It makes you want to be more positive. It's life-giving. So how you speak about yourself and your life is going to affect the people that you're around. So don't underestimate what you say. Just because it's about your own life doesn't give you the license to just complain and constantly speak negativity because that has an impact too. James chapter three, verse four to five says, look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Our tongues are compared to a rudder which although significantly smaller, can turn and change the direction of the ship. In a storm, in fierce winds, that rudder can be used to steer the ship towards safety or towards danger. And I think that's a powerful image for us, a powerful image of the significance of our words because our words direct our lives. Our words can steer us towards life or it can steer us towards death. So we need to realize how much power we truly hold in the words that we are letting out. Just think about poetry. Think about songs, the lyrics that affect us emotionally. 
how the words in books can take us to different places and, places and make us feel different things. See, artists, poets, authors, they've tapped into that ability to alter our emotions and take us to different worlds with the power of their words. You wanna know the good news? You don't have to be an author, a poet, or a writer to have that power. Because that power is already in you. And in fact, you hold more power. Because instead of influencing someone's life for a moment with your words, you can influence their life for a lifetime. You can change the direction of their life with how you speak to them. A song is a few minutes and you, you feel something. And then you move on. But the words that someone has spoken over you can change your life forever. So you have the power already within you. And that leads us to our second category. The words that we speak over others. Okay, remember, you have control over how you speak over yourself and you have control over how you speak over others. Now, this can be words that you say to someone directly, to their face, to their screen, or it can be something you say behind their back. And I'm just gonna touch on this because this can be a whole sermon on its own. I'm not gonna go there. But gossip is destructive. You don't have to say something to someone's face to hurt them. What you say in their absence can hurt them too. So if someone comes up to you with a juicy piece of gossip, hold your tongue, cover your ears, turn the other way, run away, change the subject, do whatever you have to do to not be involved in the gossip. Don't add your words to that hurt. Okay? That's a whole other topic for another time. But we need to think about what we are saying to each other and about each other. What kind of words have you been speaking over the people around you? What kind of words have you been saying about others behind their back? Proverbs chapter 12 verse 18 says, There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. This verse tells us that our words put us into one of two categories. You're either damaging or you're healing. Your words are either like sword thrusts, meaning your words are causing destruction, pain, and suffering, or your words are bringing healing. They create life, they build up, they comfort, they restore. What do you want your words to create in the life of the people around you? What do you want to be responsible for? I think we all know this, this famous movie quote, with great power comes great responsibility. We have been given great power by having the ability to use words. Therefore, we have the responsibility of taking care of how we use it. You have the power to speak encouragement, support, and life over others you also have the power to speak destruction and death. Your words can destroy dreams and hopes. You can cause deep emotional wounds. Or you can encourage, uplift, and help someone realize the potential that God has placed in their life. 
With your words, you can build up or destroy. You can convict or you, or you can condemn. You can heal or you can wound. You can encourage or you can crush. With your words, you can show love or hate. You can show support or neglect. Your words can bring unity or division, peace or conflict, hope or despair, oppression or freedom. What is it that you want your words to create? What do you want your words to be responsible for? There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The tongue of the wise brings healing. Let's not be people who cut down others, hurting them and breaking them with our words, but let's be people whose words bring healing, whose words build up and create life. So just think about that for a moment. Think about how you have been using your words. Where have you maybe been harsh and caused harm? And moving forward, how can you use your words to bring healing and speak life? Now, as we think about how, other, how we have used our words towards others, we can't help but think about how others have used their words to us. Like I said, we have control over the words we speak over ourselves and the words we speak over others. But we have no control over the words that others speak over us. And this third category is difficult because in it, we deal with the repercussions of the rash and hurtful things that have been said to us. We deal with the hurt that has been caused by the words of others. So this third category, the words that, we speak, that others speak over us. Earlier I said that some words we can shake off. Some words we can move forward from untouched, unbothered, unhurt by. But some words stick to us. They cut into our core. They embed themselves into our hearts, into our minds. They hurt, they poison, and they destroy parts of ourselves. They cause wounds that take a long time to heal and recover from. Words which took seconds to say have now left damage that may take years to undo. Words that took just seconds to say can cause years of damage. I've had words spoken to me that have shattered parts of who I am. Words that have left me to do some damage control. Words that have planted doubt in myself and what I am capable of. Words which have, which have attacked who I am and the heart behind what I do. Words which have made me second guess my calling and my purpose. Words which have painted me in a light that is not true, who does not reflect who I am. And words which have left scars and have broken my spirit. Rash and hurtful words, which I didn't ask for. Words which I didn't don't ask anyone to say to me. But 
words which are now stuck to me. Words that impacted me. You're too much. You never cared. Words implying that I'm a failure. Thus, the pulpit, not your place. That desire that you have, you're incapable of that. You're not good enough. Years of conversations with people where their words have now stuck to me. It took seconds to say. And some of these words, I know that the people who said them didn't really want to hurt me specifically. Doesn't change the fact that it hurts. And now I have these words stuck to me. Words I didn't ask for. Words that cut into me. Words that I have to carry around and deal with the hurt that they have caused. Some of these have taken years for me to kind of pull myself out of. Some of them might still be lingering a little bit, if I'm honest. Now, I had no control over this. And I'm sure that you have words stuck to you too. Words that have hurt you. We have no control over the words that are said that stick to us. I had no control. I can now decide. I don't have control of them being said to me, but I have a choice. I can live the rest of my life walking around with these words stuck to me, hurting me, influencing me, defining me. Or I can choose to do something about it. I can choose to surrender them to Jesus. I can choose to let Jesus speak truth over me. I can let Jesus deal and, with these words and heal the wounds that they have caused. Psalm 147 verse three says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. He heals our pain and he comforts our sorrow. This should bring us joy because we don't have to remain brokenhearted. We don't have to let these wounds fester. We rejoice in this truth because it's good news that Jesus takes these words off of us. When we surrender it to Jesus, he comes and he takes it. He takes those words off of you and he speaks truth over you. He heals and binds your wounds. He breaks the lies that others have spoken over you. And he speaks truth, and that truth brings freedom. See, the words of others may be difficult to ignore when they are hurtful. But the words that should speak the loudest to us, the words that we should cling to, are the words that Scripture speaks over us, the words which Jesus speaks over us, the words which he sacrificed declares over us. You are loved, you are wanted, you are capable, you are set free from the chains of sin and lies. You are renewed and you are restored. You have purpose, 
You are known. You are sufficient. You are called. You are worthy. Those are the words that matter. Those are the words that we should allow to stick to us, to influence us. So we're going to prepare to have communion. The ushers can hand out the cups. If you're watching us online, please have your bread and your juice ready. If you're in the mother's room, the ushers will bring to you as well, so just be patient. And what we're doing when we have communion is we're looking to the cross. And through the cross, Jesus redeems us. He redeems our stories. He redeems the words spoken over us. See, when we come to the cross, we make a trade. We trade sickness for health, chains for freedom, sins for forgiveness, despair for hope, anxiety for peace. You you trade death for life, your burdens for his rest, condemnation for salvation, your brokenness for his healing and restoration. And at the cross, we make a trade of words that have been spoken over us that bring death, lies, destruction. We trade those words at the cross for his words of truth, of life, of healing, of hope. This morning, I want to challenge you to make a trade. Trade the words that have hurt you, that have broken you, that have stuck to you. The words which you carry with you that tear you down and trade them for the words that Jesus has spoken over you. Amen. So as we take communion now, we're going to remember what Jesus did for us, what he did on the cross, and we are reminded of the cost of our salvation, the price that Jesus paid for our sins. But we are also reminded of the gift that he has given to us through his sacrifice. So if you've already got your little cup, you can just open the top tab and get the wafer out. You don't have to be a member of this church to take part in communion. You just have to be part of the body of Christ a family member in Christ. So we take the bread, the wafer. There's nothing special about these elements. There's nothing magical, spiritualized, nothing. It's just a symbol. So at home, you might be using bread, you might be using crackers, you could use chips, it doesn't matter. It's the symbol behind it. So this wafer, the bread, is a symbol of his body, which was broken for us, which was beaten, which was pierced. His body, which took on the consequences of our sin. So Father, as we remember, Lord, as we remember what you endured in our place, we thank you, Jesus, for taking upon yourself the punishment that our sins deserved.
all of our shame, all of our hurt, you have taken upon yourself. And so as we take the bread, Lord, we are reminded and we thank you for taking that in our place. And then we take the cup, and again, nothing special about this, it's just juice. But it's a symbol of his blood which was poured out to wash over every impurity and iniquity in our lives. So we take this cup, and we thank you, Lord, that through your blood we are washed clean. That your blood that was poured out on that cross, Lord, purified us and set us free. We thank you for that, Jesus. We are made new through Christ's sacrifice. We are redeemed. So before we close this morning, I want us to just take a moment of reflection. We've reflected now on what Jesus did on the cross for us, what he sacrificed for us meant. And as we remember this, let's also bring our words to Jesus. Every word that has stuck to you, that is maybe still hurting you right now, that is holding you back, weighing you down, lay it down before the cross right now. Surrender those words to Jesus. Release those words because they don't belong to you. Those words never belong to you. And as you release those words, in their place, receive the words that Jesus speaks over you. Words of love, of healing, and words of life. Lord, we thank you for the freedom that we have through your sacrifice, that through the cross we have been redeemed and we have been restored. We have been brought back into relationship with you. We thank you, Lord, that we have been set free from the chains of sin. And I thank you, Lord, that through the cross we are also set free from the lies that have been spoken over us. Lies that the enemy has spoken over us, lies that people have spoken over us. Father, I pray that we will lay those words down at the foot of the cross and leave them there. May we surrender in your presence, Lord, and allow you to take those words that have stuck to us and may you remove them from our lives and speak life and healing into our wounds. Where our confidence has been affected and shaken, where who we are has been attacked, where our worth has been questioned, 
where our value has been undermined, Lord, I pray that you will speak into those areas, that you will encourage us, that you will restore, and that you will remind us that we are deeply loved, that we are worthy, that we have been created with a purpose. Enable us, Lord. Strengthen us. And heal every wound in our hearts, in our minds that have been caused by hurtful words. And may we also ask for forgiveness, Lord. In the areas where maybe we have been the ones to hurt others with our words. May we be Forgiven, Lord, for what we have said that has caused harm. So we surrender, Lord, the words that have been spoken to us, but we also surrender our own words, the words we have spoken. And we thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. We thank you that your words are absolute truth. And may we hold tightly onto those. Amen. Amen. At the cross, Jesus redeems us. And at the cross, he calls us to a transformed life. And that means a transformed tongue, transformed words. So regardless of how many words you go and speak this week, make sure that the impact that you are making is a positive and life-giving one. Amen. Your words have power. So go out and speak life. Amen. Amen. So let's receive, receive the blessing and then we can go out into the week and speak life to the people we encounter. Amen. Amen. May your love, Lord, your grace and your peace be upon us. I pray, Lord, that you will take us out into this week, that your protection will be upon us, that you will use us, Lord, to bring life and love into the lives of the people that we encounter. May you bless us and guide us in all we do. We give you all honor and praise. Amen. Amen. Be blessed, and we'll see you next week.